learning about faith, learning how to put our faith in action, being encouraged. Last week we learned that, that we do have faith. We, we do have faith. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, you do have faith. You do. Don't doubt that. You do have faith. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. I want to read it again, okay? And the Lord said, Simon, Simon. And as I was reading a commentary, the commentary pointed out to me that Jesus calls him Simon, Simon, which is his name before he renamed him. Not Peter, Peter. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, what happens? Strengthen thy brethren. Now, I didn't have a topic for this sermon, but I did. God did give me something before I came, and so they're going to put it up on the screen, and we're going to read it together. Uh, let's read it. Faith that won't fail. We're going to talk today about a faith that won't fail. Fail-proof faith, will, or a faith that refuses to fail, faith that makes choice or the decision that it won't give up or won't give in. Satan have desired to have you, Jesus says to Peter, but he's speaking to the entire group. The word desired in the Greek means to ask for, or to demand for the surrender of. It is more likely in the sense that the devil demands Peter and the disciples so that he might put them to the test. Reminds me of Job. Satan appears at the gathering of the sons of God. God looks at him and he says, from whence have you come? He says, from going to and fro in the earth. Have you considered my servant Job? He's a perfect and upright man. Satan says, the only reason that I can't shake that joker is because you got a hedge around it. And so here it is. Jesus gives them intel that Satan desires to sift them as wheat. This is information that they cannot have except Jesus gives it to them. Isn't it something how you go through things and you don't know why? Hmm. It is the same today, Benny, that Satan desires to sift us as wheat. We're no different from these disciples. We are followers of the Most High God. 
the brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ, sons of God. We are his children. He loves us. And whatever God loves, Satan hates. And he's the accuser. Everybody say accuser, accuser. He's the accuser of the brethren. If you are saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost, as you say in our declaration on a weekly basis, he desires to sift you. Because he wants to accuse you before God. Let's, let's talk about it for a minute. He wants to sift them as wheat, to separate, to, to shake in a sieve. A sieve is used to separate the wheat from the chaff. It's used to separate the fine flour from the clumpy flour. Anybody remember back in the days when grandma would have that little thing? And it, some of y'all too young for that. Y'all don't know nothing about that, but y'all just dump the flour in the bowl. But back in the day, they used to put it in this little silver thing. Somebody didn't know what I'm talking about. Talk back to me. And they pull a little flour in their mother trapio and then they turn that thing. And, and, and all the lumps would stay in the mesh and the fine flour because that's what you want. You want the fine flour. You don't, want the, you don't want the lumps. You don't want the junk. You want the fine flour. Somebody say fine flour, fine flour. You can do work with fine flour, but you got to get rid of that lumpy stuff. Anyway, oh, God. So it's sifting, sifting, and, and what Satan wants to do, Sam, he wants to, he wants to sift out the fine stuff and hold on to the lumps. Because what he's going to do with the lumps is he's going to accuse you before God with them. See, they ain't everything you thought they were. After I sifted them, I, I found some stuff in them. I, I found some fear in them. I found some anger in them. I found a nasty spirit in them. I, after I sifted them, I, I found, look, look, Jesus, at what I found in your disciples. He ain't trying to get to the good stuff. He's trying to get the good stuff out and trying to get to the bad stuff. Jesus, help us. He wants to sift you as wheat. Somebody say shift, shift. And notice, notice, notice it in the definition. It, it says uh, 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 to shake in a sieve. The reality is that Satan wants to shake you. He wants to shake the disciple. Anybody ever been shaken? Can we go ahead and have some church right here, right now? If you've been shaken, just wave your hand at me. You, let me know you. I ain't the only one. Satan has asked for you that he might shake you to reveal what's underneath your praise. Underneath all those scriptures you quote. Un underneath the lifting of your hands. Underneath that hat that you wear to church. Underneath your church clothes. Come on, somebody say he wants to shake you. His desire is to show Jesus what's in the disciples, to crush their faith, to cause them to fall and to become unfaithful. He wants to throw it up. Look, 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 look at these people you trust. Look at these people you let preach. I'm just need some real people in here. Look at these people you let sing in front of the church. Look at them. Look at them. Crush their faith. Mess their heads up. Make them question their salvation. 
make them wonder why God called me. Nobody knows what I'm talking about, but I'm going to preach anyway. Uh, to make them fall away from the faith and become unfaithful. But Jesus' desire in the sifting, I, I know you didn't know he had one, but his desire is to show the disciples what's in the disciples to build the disciples' faith. He didn't say Satan desired to sift you and I told him no. He said Satan had desired to sift you, but I prayed for you. Which means there's going to be a sifting. Oh, a shaking is coming. He said, but I prayed for you. I'm not going to stop it. He wants to expose you, but I want to expose you too. I, I want to get to the good stuff. I, I want him to shake all the mess off your life so we can get to the good stuff that's in you. You're going to go through a shaking, but I prayed for you. I want to show you what's in you. I want you to see the good, and I want you to see the bad, because unless you see the bad, you'll never deal with it. You'll never bring it to me. You'll never put it on the altar. So he wants to show the disciples what's in the disciples so that their faith can be built. Can I ask you a question? Have you ever had God show you something? That should be in the, in the, in the thing I, I think is in there. Have you ever had God show you something about yourself that you needed to see? I know, I know we ain't going to get no religious hallelujahs off that one. You got to be a real believer to say thank you, Jesus, off of that one. Have you ever had him show you you? Oh, that thing happened to me this morning. It happened to me. I'll, I'll put my shoes on. I, I, wasn't even, I had just come out of prayer. And then somehow when I was in prayer, he didn't say nothing. But as I was doing something in the natural, he started speaking. And he said, look here, let me uncover something about you. And if you're waiting on me to tell you, that's between me and God. That's between me and God. I ain't about to tell you what we talked about. Oh, I love you, but that ain't none of your business. Come on here, somebody, just like I ain't going to ask you what God showed you about you. Woo! Has anybody ever had God to show you you? Wonder, I've been wondering, why this shaking? Why this stuff? Why am I going through this? Why is this coming? Why is that coming? And the Lord said, the enemy has been trying to shake you up, but I have been trying to shake you out. Oh, I want to show you what needs work. Saints of God. We might have been here for a while, but we still need work. You may have a calling on your life, but you still need some work. Somebody touch yourself and say, I know I need some work. I, I don't know about you, neighbor. Look at him and say, I don't know about you, neighbor. I can't look into your life. I don't know exactly what your walk is like, but, but I know. As for me, I need some work. Because I get scared about. 
about some stuff I shouldn't get scared about. Can I get about 10 people to be honest in here? I get mad about some stuff I shouldn't get mad about. I should be past that by now. But I'm not. Anybody want to have church today? Does anybody want to praise God today? There's a running in my feet today. Because the devil meant it for bad. But God meant it for my good. He wanted to expose me. And Jesus wanted to expose me. But for different reasons. Satan's trying to hurt you. He's trying to make you feel unworthy, no good, dirty, disgusting. He's trying to make you quit. He's trying to make you turn down assignments. Spirit of God will show your spiritual leader an assignment for you. And then Satan will start sifting you. And then he'll say, uh-uh, remember you got this. Can I say something? That when the Lord saved you, he knew what you had. He knew exactly who you were before you got saved, before you received that calling, before he filled you with the Holy Ghost. He ain't surprised. See, that's the thing. Satan hadn't figured out yet that what's inside the sifter ain't going to surprise God. Oh, he is, mother. The thing about seeing yourself is it hurts. That thing hurts, boy. We can handle seeing the truth about other people. I ought to both shot. Who but that truth about ourselves? That thing hurts bad. That's why people get mad at you when you tell them the truth about them. They're not really mad at you. They're just mad at the truth. But you know what the truth will do for you. <laughs> it hurts, apostle, but it helps. Sometimes we need those moments when we go through stuff and then we learn something about ourselves in it. Listen to what he says. He says, Satan has desired to have you. He's asked for you. He's asked to put you to the test. He says, but I have prayed for you. I love this. Jesus said he asked for you. He said, but, and, and when I looked up the word prayed, it means, Jesus said, I asked too. Now what? Satan asked, but Jesus said, I asked too. I asked that your faith fail not. Ah, oh, fail. What does it mean to fail? See, see, some people fail and thought they failed. Some people faltered and thought they failed. But you hadn't failed until you ceased. I came to encourage somebody. You hadn't failed until you stopped. 
You hadn't failed until you ran out, until you died out, and until faith has totally abandoned you. You hadn't failed yet. Faith is simply the act of believing, right? The act of believing. So I have prayed that you will never stop the act of believing. I have prayed that you will never, watch this, stop believing in the content you believe. Somebody hold up your content. Anybody still carry a Bible nowadays? Hold your content up. I, I, I have prayed that you won't give up on the content. Y'all got to catch this in the spirit. I, 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 I pray that you will remain faithful to who you believe and what you believe. Mm, I pray that your confidence in and your reliance upon the object of your trust will remain. What I pray is that you'll never give up on your faith. That you'll never walk away from God. That you'll never stop believing in his word. That you'll hold to God's. Any Baptist people hold to his hand, God's and Build your hopes on things eternal. Hold to God's unchanging hand. Woo. Don't stop believing what you believe in just because your world is shaking. Don't stop trusting who you've been trusting just because your world is shaking. Are you with me? He said, I pray that you'll hold on. I prayed that you won't quit on your faith. I've come to tell you he's asked for you and you're going to go through something. But I pray that you'll hang in there. Somebody say hang in there. You hadn't failed. You just fell. You stumbled. You tripped. Get up. The only faith that has fallen is the um, failed, excuse me, is the one that has refused to get up and get moving again. I don't know why it is when people mess up, you think you're a mess up. What is it about us? I told my wife the other day, a few weeks back, when they were talking about uh, the Golden State team. They said they won 73 games. 73 games, a world record. Ne no team ever did it before. About two weeks before they did it, they said they'll never get it done because they had to win like six games in a row. So after they won six games in a row, they had to move the bar further. See, that's why you don't live for people. Because every time you meet the expectations, they just keep moving the bar. Ain't no way they're going to win seven, six or seven games in a row. They won six to seven games in a row. Well, then now they got to win the championship. 
Because if they win the championship, winning 73 games don't mean nothing. I just wanted to get on the phone, call ESPN, and say, shut up. How you going to tell me that winning 73 games in one year, breaking a record, is nothing if you don't win a championship? That is as dumb as anything as I've heard. You won 73 games. And some of y'all do the same thing. You have the big goal ahead of you, and if you miss the big goal, you feel like a failure. You forget everything you did. Baby, you made it to the dance. You made it to the dance. You need to celebrate how far you've come. I messed up, but it took me 10 years to mess up. Hallelujah. When you convert it, strengthen your brethren. Listen to what he says now. Convert it means to return, to go back to a previous state or way of life. The New American Commentary says the issue was not whether or not Peter would repent, but what he would do after he repented. The question is not whether or not Peter would say, I'm sorry, but would he feel sorry for himself? They knew he would repent, believed that he would repent, but he, he says, say you're sorry, but don't feel sorry for yourself. Because when you feel sorry for yourself, that's when you don't get back in the game. So it's not repenting. You're going to repent, but what are you going to do afterwards? Are you going to get back up and assume your place? Elder Darian taught us two weeks ago, Peter. Sunk. Jesus picked that dude up and they walked back to the boat together. We say Peter failed walking on water. I say he needed help. It's all based on how you see it. Is your glass half empty or half full? It's what, it's what he was going to do after he repented. He was invited to come back and get back to work. See, that's the thing. See, see when, we get shook, when we get shaken and we start feeling some kind of way, thank you, Lasana. We start not wanting to go to work again. couple times I wanted to call in. But I heard a comedian say, if I try to call in, Jesus will say, be healed. <laughs> when you get your stuff together, brother, when you get through going through your go-through, when you get your head straight, Strengthen your brothers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Help your brothers out. 
Don't hide your testimony. We're we moving along. We're doing real good. To strengthen your brethren means, listen to this apostle, to commit to the support of the brethren. So picture taking a little young sapling tree that can't stand up straight. Taking and putting a rod in the ground next to it and tying it to the rod. He said, I want you to be the rod for some young saplings. Go find some brothers that can't stand up straight. Go get next to them and let them lean on you until they learn how to stand by themselves. Because I'm going to tell you, you ain't going to make it in this faith life by yourself. Every now and then you're going to need somebody. And the proud plants refuse to lean on somebody so they stay leaning over all their faith life. He says, I want you to go and support somebody else until they can get on their feet. And then after you get on your feet, you go support somebody else. And after you get on your feet, you go support somebody else. And we keep doing this thing until we're all standing up like trees of righteousness. Don't beat somebody down who's struggling in their faith. Help them stand up. Tell them how you struggled one time. This message done took a turn. It done went another way. Thank you, Holy Ghost. That's our job, man. We see somebody faltering. We see somebody struggling. We're supposed to give that person support so they can end up standing up. They can become strong enough to go support somebody else. And then when they support that person, that person gets strong enough to go support somebody else. We're supposed to be a network of support. That's why you do not forsake the assembling of yourself together at the manner of some do. Because you can sit at home and watch a televangelist all you want. But there ain't nobody to lean on on your TV. And if you lean on it too long, you and it going to be on the flow. You got to come to church. So you can lean on somebody else. And somebody saying, well, I'll lean on Jesus. But every now and then, he's going to make it where you have to lean on another human. I got to I gotta move on. Peter says, no, Jesus, I'll go to jail with you. I'll do time with you. I'll die with you. Jesus says, Peter, son, I know your heart is in what you just said. But before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. And they took Jesus. When they came and took Jesus' head, they said Peter followed from a distance. That don't look like nobody who want to go to jail. Let's real talk. If you if you ready to go to jail with me, you gonna walk with me. How come you hanging back so far? <laughs> Anybody ever wonder why Peter hung back so far? Cause he didn't want to get arrested. They took Jesus off. He was like, these jokers mean business. And so he went and he got around the fire with some other people. And the little slave girl looked up at him and said, Hey, ain't you one of them? No, nah, baby, I'm, 
I don't even know him. They waited a little while longer, and another, another one looked at him and said, now, you know, you look like one of them Galilean people. You, you, you fit in. He's, no, not me. About an hour or two, about an hour or so later, somebody said, you know, it is you. Because you know how people will sit there and look at you. This is a side note. This is a side note. Be careful of people who keep looking at you. Because I've been in situations where people of the fairer sex will stand off and look at me and wave at me and say hey to me. And then I'll just wave one time and look my way. And then later, after they done done all their little stuff, they'll come and say, hey, pastor. See, if I'm over there playing games and waving back, they know I'm the pastor all along. Somebody say, be careful. That's the devil trying to sift. All the brothers look at another brother and say, don't get sifted now. Don't. <laughs> Not like that. Don't you, don't you get caught up. That was a side note. Just information. Yeah, that's you. No, no, it's not me. And, and I, I read this the other day, and I don't know why I missed it, mother. But it says that when the rooster crowed, it said Peter looked up and Jesus looked back. Ah! Ah! Oh, Jesus! If he, Peter looked up, Jesus looked back in their eyes and say he ran away weeping bitterly. Something about conviction. But see, Peter needed to see something about Peter that Peter didn't know about Peter. He thought he had enough in him to stand under all that pressure. But Jesus had to let him know, you ain't ready yet, baby, but don't worry about it. This is going to help you get ready. Somebody touch your neighbor and say, you may not be ready yet, but you're going to be ready. You're going to be ready. Don't you take this here falling down as a failure. Your faith does not fail. You just failed. You are going to make it the next time. Somebody say, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. Stand up on your feet and say, I'm going to make it. I will not give up. I will not give out. I will not quit. My faith is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I believe. I believe. I just tripped a little. I just messed up a little. But I still have my faith. Touch your neighbor and minister to him and tell him when you run out of money, you got faith. When you, when you run out of friends, you got faith. Oh, God, no matter how bad it gets, you still have your faith. Somebody say, I still have my faith. I still 
I didn't get the doctor's report I wanted, but I still have my faith. I got a letter in the mail that I didn't want to get, but I still have my faith. My money is a little bit funny. My change is a little bit strange, but I still got my faith. Somebody hurt me. They left me. They abused me. They talked bad about me, but I still have my faith. I was betrayed by my best friend, but baby, I may not have my best friend, but I got my faith. In fact, my best friend left so I could meet my best friend. Hello, Jesus. Because he's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Maybe somebody had to leave so you could see your real friend. Uh, I got to hurry up. What time is it? It's time to go. So, so Jesus goes. So after Jesus dies on the cross and he raises again the third day, one day Peter's out in the water fishing. Because maybe that's why he called him Simon, Simon. Because he went back. That's why I say when you convert it, when you come back. He went back for a minute, Sam, because he was so hurt. And we all, we all know that feeling. And when we feel like we let God down, or when God let us down, and ain't going to get too many amens right there. But when we wanted something from God and we didn't get it and we start feeling, thank you, Lasana, some kind of way. And, 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 and we just sometimes we go back to where we, you know, we don't leave the church. We just kind of go, you know, we still in the, in the congregation, but we just kind of, we still singing, but you know, <laughs> still preaching. But, but you know, because you can still do it, but you, but you ain't really. Because cause in your heart you went. And so the thing about Jesus is he refuses to let you stay back there. But that's not your destiny. So he comes to the beach again. The first time he called you, it was on the beach. Since you went back to the beach, he said, I'm coming back to the beach to get you. So he goes back. And when Jesus, when, when Peter discovers it him, he runs from out of the water. And Jesus has got a fish breakfast going. They didn't have no grits, so don't nobody say they had fish and grits. They had fish. That's, that's us wanting grits. We, they, they had fish, probably some bread. And Jesus, and Jesus says, Peter, Peter, do you love me? Yeah, Jesus, I love you. Feed my Peter, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Jesus, I love you. Feed my lamb. Peter, do you love me? Jesus, you know. You know I love you. Well, then get back to work. I'm not giving up on you. Remember, I prayed that your faith would not fail. Now come on back to work. You feel bad, but you still have faith. You get it? The struggle got to you, but you still. And look at what Peter did. He, he strengthened his brothers. Preached that revival. 
in the book of Acts, all them people got saved, preached to Cornelius and his family, and all of them got saved. But in 1 Peter chapter 4, listen to how Peter strengthens the brethren. <laughs> Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, because I've been tried. <laughs> I'm not writing to you about something I heard. I'm writing to you about something I know. Look at Peter, encourage us. Beloved, think it not strange. The fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. It, it, it happened to me too. This, this is not new. What, what Satan does. Be not ignorant. Of the enemy's devices, Satan's devices, he tries to make you feel isolated in your struggle. Like nobody else ever went through what you're going through. But then the word says there is no, no temptation except that which is common to man. <laughs> Everybody been through something similar. Anyway, but rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may uh, be glad also with exceeding joy. So he makes reference, Portia, to Christ's suffering. So he says, don't think it's strange when you go through. I know what that's like. It's not strange. Nothing different's happening to you. He says, rejoice because you have now become a partaker of Christ's sufferings. Y'all remember Satan tested Jesus first. Fresh out the water. He went to the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Fresh out of baptism. Right after his father said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Right out of that. Straight to the wilderness to be tempted by that joker. Make this stone bread. No. <laughs> no. Man should not live by bread alone. <laughs> Jump off this here high peak. Prove that you're Jesus. The Bible says, the angels shall take charge over thee, lest I dash thy foot against the stone. No. It is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Well, look at here. You don't have to die. Just bow down and worship me, and I give you everything you see. Absolutely not. Well, I most certainly will not. Worship God and him alone. I like that. Jesus went through some stuff, too. And you, when you go through, Janae, you become a partaker of the sufferings of Jesus Christ. Basically, you're in good company. Look at all Jesus saw. Look at all the stuff he suffered. Think about it. Look at what Jesus saw around him. Jesus, Nelson, Jesus, Nelson, Jesus, Nelson, Jesus was walking around trying to bring grace in the kingdom. And all kind of foolishness was going on around him. 
Mother, that's where I was going. That's exactly where I was going. We seen some stuff on the news. It's shaking us. Stuff with our family, stuff in our health. We getting shaken. Jesus saw stuff too. But he kept on showing love. They called him the devil and he kept on teaching. Somebody say, don't let your faith fail now. Don't let your faith fail. I'm sure many times it looked like these folk ain't worth dying for. I'm sure, I'm sure many times Jesus looked at them and said, I don't know. They don't look worthy of my blood. I don't know. They, they act kind of funny. But he kept on. He never quit. He never gave up. Why? Jesus had faith too. Oh, we have in church right here. Even on the cross, his faith was on 10. He had his faith dialed all the way up on the cross. On the cross saying stuff like, Woman, behold thy son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold thy mother. Faith. On the cross, Demo saying stuff like, I thirst. So that scripture could be fulfilled. Faith. On the cross, Benny saying stuff like, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Somebody shout faith. faith. On the faith saying stuff like, Father, into thy hands. I commend my spirit and then giving up the ghost. Somebody shout faith. faith. He never let his faith fail. He believed so much in his father, in his father's purpose, and his destiny that he would not quit. And he said, Peter, I'm not going to quit. You're not going to quit. Don't you give up. Don't you stop believing the principles of the word of God. Don't you ever let what's going on in this world shake you to the point where you start to question what you stand on, what you've been raised in, what you believe all your life. The word of God is still true. Jesus is still Lord to the glory of God, the Father. He is still sitting on the throne. Life is going to be what life is going to be. But God is still in charge. Anybody needed this today? Look at what Paul says. Time to go home. It's just 1130. Oh, we're doing good. We are troubled on every side. Yet not distressed. Look at Paul. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, 
but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed. Sister Palmer was here. She would like this. Going to the message. We've been surrounded and battered by troubles, but we're not demoralized. We're not sure what to do, but we know that God knows what to do. We've been spiritually terrorized, but God hasn't left our side. We've been thrown down, but we haven't been broken. What they did to Jesus, <laughs> they do to us. Trial, torture, mockery, and murder. What Jesus did among them, he does in us. He lives. Our lives are at constant risk for Jesus' sake, which makes Jesus' life all the more evident. Whatever you go through, a lot of people in this room have gone through a lot of stuff. Some of you are going through right now. Part of it. I'd like to stand here and say, never have to go through anything else ever again. It would pretty much be a lie. But no matter what you go through, don't let your faith fail. Your faith is what's kept you to this point. Why would you quit on it? Why would we start taking on worldly principles and ways of doing things when spiritual principles have gotten us this far? I think we have one more slide. One more slide. Last slide. Did I put that on there? High school. get that? We'll be shaken. Don't get shook. You understand what I mean? You will be shaken, but don't let it take your faith. Don't let it mess you up. Don't let it throw you off. Stuff gonna come. In this world, Jesus said, you will have what? Tribulation. He said, but be of good cheer. Why? I have overcome. The world's been defeated already. You just need to remember it. I have, in my lifetime, listened to a lot of people start questioning their faith. Because they had an event. They had something happen, and they start questioning their faith. They start questioning God and his goodness and why they stayed so faithful to God. And what happens is when you have an event, you forget about all of the good stuff. So, Peter, when you're ready to quit, remember that time I raised the man from the dead? You remember, Peter, that day y'all were in the storm crying and I walked on water? <laughs> 
Remember the time you woke me up and said, don't you care that I perish? I got up and said, peace be still. Remember that? You remember that day, Peter, when your mother-in-law had a headache, a, a, a fever, and I went and touched her, and the girl got up and cooked us some gumbo? You remember that? You, do you remember all of the good times we had? Don't let an event make you quit on us. Somebody just say, I'm, this is the close of the sermon. You're closing the sermon today. Say, I have a faith that won't fail. I believe that just as Jesus prayed for Peter, he prays for you. Scripture says he's seated on the right hand of the Father forever making intercession for you. He sees what's coming your way. And I believe that before it gets to you, he intercedes for you. Even you, that your faith would not fail. But I want to say something to you. Peter was no more important to Jesus than you are. Let that soak in. You matter to him. Hey, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for everything you offer. We don't always know the answers, but we know you do. We don't always understand why things happen, why events come our way. But we know that we're in your care. No matter what comes our way, we have declared today that we refuse to let our faith fail. Even if we fall, we'll keep the faith. Even if we falter, we'll keep the faith. Thank you for praying for us, covering us, keeping us all of these years. And we thank you, God, that we will remain strong and steadfast in the faith until you come to receive us home. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give the Lord praise in the house today? If you